This is the Tech Arts Podcast, where we talk about tech, leadership, and all things that concern church audio, video, and lighting. Welcome to the Tech Arts Podcast, Episode 8. My name is DL. Today, we're talking about copyrights and streaming. Everyone's been there, right? Your pastor wants to play a movie clip, and someone says, I would, except it's illegal. Well, is it illegal? Today, we're going to find out. Matter of fact, let me give you a quick preview of things we're going to go over today. Number one, a general overview of copyrights and how they are enforced. Number two, different licensing agencies and what they cover. Number three, talking through how you ask for permission to use copywritten material. And number four, discovering how YouTube, Facebook, and other streaming outlets handle copywritten material. But before we get into all of that, we have a little competition going. It's been between the Tech Arts Podcast YouTube viewers and the podcast listeners. Now, so for for those of you who don't know, you can find this podcast at Google, Apple, Sounder, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart, Stitcher, and YouTube. Pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find us and listen. But on YouTube specifically, we've noticed our views hitting around 10,000 views and essentially beating out the listeners of all the other outlets on the podcast. Well, episode six was a little bit different. This episode, which is entitled The Most Important Tech Position, it beat out YouTube with 28,000 listeners. It turns out that episode really stirred up a debate. And if you're wondering what it was all about, you should go check it out. You can go to audiovideolighting.com and click on Church Resources, or the podcast button, and you can see what that episode was all about. It really stirred things up. I think you'll find it interesting. Some people thought it was front of house. Some people thought it was lighting. I'm not going to give it away here. Go listen to it. The Most Important Tech Position, Episode 6 of the Tech Arts Podcast. You will enjoy it. Hey, also on that episode, we gave away an SM58 microphone, and it went to Josh at the Bridge Church in Charles City, Iowa. So congratulations, Josh, in the Bridge City Church. So happy to give you that SM58 microphone. We are excited to help you and your church reach more people for Jesus Christ through technical instruments of worship. You know, we're always giving away something. So to stay in touch with us and have a chance to win, all you have to do is text AVL to 22828. That's the key letters A, V L texted to 22828. Winning is always easy here on the Tech Arts Podcast. Plus, texting us will sign you up for the newsletter, which has all kinds of free resources designed to help you and your church. So make sure you text us today with the letters AVL to 22828. All right, before we jump into today's podcast on copyrights and streaming, we need to hear from our sponsors. Our main sponsor is Digital Great Commission Ministries. Whether you need help building a team, finding the right gear, or just better understanding the church tech world, DGCM is here for you. Now, let me break this down for you. DGCM is all about helping churches understand how to use the instrument of technical gear to reach their congregations. You have to check out all of their resources, training, and consulting options. Look, DGCM can really help your church. They are a 501c3 donor-sponsored organization. They come to your church for free and do an assessment of your tech, 
visitor engagement, and online streaming. And it really, really helps you with upgrade decisions and next steps. It also helps you converse with your leadership and provide an outside perspective to all the decisions you need to make. Contact Digital Great Commission Ministries today by going to audiovideolighting.com. That's audiovideolighting.com. Hey, did you know I'll be teaching a class on copyrights and streaming at this year's CFX conference in Dallas? That's right. If you want more Q&A time on what I'm talking about today, just one-on-one time between you and me asking some questions and hearing all of this information in person, you have to go sign up today by going to churchfacilitiesexpo.com. This year's conference is located in Dallas, so it's really easy to get here from anywhere in the U.S. or the world. Go to churchfacilitiesexpo.com and sign up today. Okay, let's jump into today's podcast on copyrights and streaming. And again, let me go over the bullet points. We're going to cover a general overview of copyrights and how they're enforced. Number two, we're going to go over different licensing agencies and what they cover. We're also going to talk through how you ask permission to use copywritten material. And we're going to discover how on YouTube and Facebook and other streaming outlets, how they handle copywritten material. So it's the start of the new ministry season, and your pastor has a ton of new ideas for their sermons. They want to use commercials, movie clips, and other clearly copywritten material to make their points. As they bring up the ideas, people in the meeting speak up and say, we can't do that because it's illegal. Well, at this point, it kind of kills the creative idea because no one wants to do anything illegal. That's not what we're here to do, right? But here's the problem. Copyright laws do allow for churches and honestly any other institution to use their material. There are legal ways to use this material, and knowing just a few simple rules will allow you and your pastor to do so much more with his illustrations. All right, point number one, how are copyrights enforced? Well, before I get started, I need to let everyone know that I am not a lawyer. If you want specific legal advice on copyrights, please seek a copyright lawyer. What I'm about to tell you is an opinion based on 30 years of experience working with copyright lawyers at the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, ABC, CBS, NBC, Disney, and many other media outlets. But it is not legal advice and should not be considered such. So here's the deal. Copyrights in the U.S. for the most part are civilly enforced. That means that the entity that feels violated will issue a cease and desist and ask you to stop. If you don't comply, it will be litigated in civil court. This cease and desist can be sent no matter what your justification is or even if you have legal right to the material. Well, you may be thinking, that means I can't do anything with copyright material. It's actually just the opposite. This system gives you a lot of freedom to use the material, especially when you follow some easy steps to seek permission. But even without permission, it's your responsibility to not be egregious in how you handle copywritten material. You might be saying, well, David, what does that mean? Well, it means that the most copywritten material, most of it, you are given the ability to listen, watch, and display it. But you are not given permission to make money off of it saturate the market, or change the meaning of the material. Quite simply put, they want to get this out there in the market, 
but there are a few things that trigger those cease and desist letters that stop you from using it for educational purposes. So let's break them down and tell you what they are. The first one's making money off of their material. Every media outlet wants to make money for themselves, but they don't want you making money or preventing viewership unless the money changes hands with you. Meaning, they don't want you charging tickets for people to see their material. Let me give you an example. I worked very closely with the NFL to make sure some massive football parties were not violating any of their procedures. They want their games on in every bar, church, school, outlet, anywhere that they can be watched, they want them on. But they don't allow you to charge tickets to view that game or charge for anything pre-entry. Meaning if you force the participants to buy a food voucher or a ticket before they enter, that's a problem. They also want their content unedited, and this means they want their commercials to be shown. If you are reducing their capacity to make money, or you are creating an outlet that prevents entry unless you make money, they will have a problem with that. So a lot of you are saying, but hey, bars, they charge money for food and drinks and things of that nature, and they have the game on all the time. Well, the NFL has issued cease and desist to bars that have cover charges, or essentially you can't get in unless you charge money. But if they're charging for food and beverages and they're properly licensed to charge for all of that, they're not charging for entry. You can come in and sit down and watch the game even if you get water. You're not required to buy anything, and the NFL is totally fine with that. But they do have a right to issue a cease and desist even in those instances. But they most of the time they don't unless you're trying to make money off of it. All right, B, saturating the market. This comes into play when you do something that causes less people to go and pay money to view the copywritten material. So here's an example. I had a church call me and say they had received a cease and desist letter from Disney. They were being asked not to show a movie which they had received permission to use and had a general license that covered the movie being played in their live auditorium. They were not streaming the movie online, and generally it sounded like they were doing everything right. The issue was the church was given a promotional copy of the movie to play, and they were advertising the movie night, which was scheduled before the movie released online or in theaters. They were asking attendees to come see the movie for free, before the movie came out to the general public. This clearly was saturating the market and causing less people to go and buy tickets for the actual movie. It doesn't matter how legally right you are, the media outlet will never let you decrease their sales in this fashion. By the way, we were able to resolve this by letting Disney know that the movie party would be moving to a date several months after the movie release and we would not advertise the party outside of the church or on outlets that reached people outside of the church. So essentially, we didn't decrease their sales to their release. We didn't saturate the market and cause a decrease of money for them, and they were okay with it. C, the third point inside of this, changing the meaning of the material. This simply means do not edit the material or use it in a way that changes the intent of the material. For movies, don't take a scene and edit it. The scene must be used from the start point to the end point without any edits in the middle. It's okay to shorten the scene, 
but not to change the intent of the scene or perform edits in the middle of the scene. For commercials, don't remove the advertising intent. So I had a church that wanted to use a commercial that aired on TV, and to their credit, they sought permission to use it and were denied. I asked them to show me the commercial. It was an AT&T commercial that was really very funny. But the AT&T part, the part that advertised AT&T, it was completely edited out. This gutted the intent of the commercial, which was to promote AT&T. I told them to add that back in and ask AT&T again. AT&T approved the, the commercial to be used once they added it back in. They just wanted, they wanted to get their commercial out to as many people as possible. And in this case, they were doing that, but they were taking away the advertising intent of the commercial. AT&T didn't, like, AT didn't like that, therefore they said no. But once the advertising intent was added back in, they gave them full permission. The bottom line is these outlets want to get their material into the market and they want it viewed by the most amount of people possible. They will be very willing for you to use their copywritten material. You just need to be careful in how you use it and be sure to respect the intent of the material. Point number two, licensing. There are several outlets out there that provide licensing for copywritten material. It's very important that you use these companies to license what you are doing. And by doing this, you are enacting a principle called due diligence, which means you are doing everything in your power to pay the copyright owner for the use of the material. While these outlets do give you the ability to use the material, I must reiterate that the copyright owner still has the right to issue a cease and desist and stop the use of the material, even if you have a license to use it. So here are some of the companies that I highly recommend. Of course, one that all of you probably know about is CCLI. You can find out about them at us.ccli.com. They cover song lyric display, which is what most of us are familiar with. They also have a streaming license for live services and other copyright coverages like rehearsal recordings, song sheets, bulletin inserts, service recordings, and more. So you want to check them out at us.ccli.com. Another one that you need to have on file is CVLI. That is a movie license company. And you can find out about them at us.cvli.com. They give you the ability to play movie clips or movies in your auditorium. They do not cover streaming these clips or movies online. And you can find out more about them at us.cvli.com. Now, what's great about them is when we get into point number three, which is talking about permissions, you need to know who made the movie, whether it was Paramount, Sony, Warner Brothers, who is, whoever made it, you need to know about it. And us.cvli.com, even though they only cover playing the movie in the auditorium, they also tell you who owns the movie, which when we get to the permission part of this podcast It'll help you find out the owner so that you can request permission. The third outlet that I highly recommend that you have as far as licensing is concerned is CCS. They're called Christian Copyright Solutions. They provide a suite of licensing that covers facilities music license and online streaming music license. So they will cover you for the music that you're going to stream online. And you find out about them at ChristianCopyrightSolutions.com. Now, there are several other licensing outlets, but the three that I just mentioned are the ones that I recommend. 
And please note again that none of these outlets license you to stream your movie or commercial online. In order to do that, you have to seek permission from the outlet who made the movie or commercial. Now, how do you do that? We're going to find out right after this brief break and message from our sponsors. CFX 2022 is right around the corner. It features 170 exhibitors and 60 plus educational sessions and talks. Matter of fact, this podcast on copyrights and streaming will be taught as a class at CFX 2022. This conference helps those involved in tech, facility, or leadership. You don't want to miss out on CFX 2022. Sign up today by going to churchfacilitiesexpo.com. That's churchfacilitiesexpo.com. All right, back to the podcast. Point number three, permission. How do you seek permission to use copywritten material? It's actually very simple. Every movie outlet or production house has a form of contact to seek permission for use. The contact form tends to vary, with some requiring an online form, others email, but they all have an outlet for you to seek permission for use. When you seek permission, it's key that you do the following in the form or in your email. You want to give credit on the clip. You also want to tell them how long the clip is, that it's for educational use, who the audience is, and approximately how many people you will reach. So here's an example that I'll try to verbally talk through. And this is for permission that was sought uh, from Paramount via their email clip underscore licensing at paramount.com. So in the subject line, we put permission for use of a clip. And in the message body, we simply wrote this. Hello, we have a teaching pastor that has requested use of a clip this weekend for teaching and education use. So we we listed out that it was for teaching and education use. Then we said the clip is from the movie Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and the subject is on faith. So we gave them the name of the movie clip and kind of what we're talking about in uh, the service. We then said use uh, would be for the church, and we gave the church's name, which is a religious service, and the use is teaching and education. We gave the location of our city, which is important. And then we said, here is the clip. Now, you can put a downloadable clip here, but I highly recommend that you use a YouTube version that the studio has already released. Highly prefer that you do that. Uh, Essentially something that's online in, in a very public fashion already, not something that you've already edited and put together. Then you want to tell them how long the clip is. So in this case, we said we're only using 88 seconds of this clip. Then the last piece of this is you want to write that you have licensing already. So in this email, we said we have licensing to play this movie in our building and for our audience using CVLI license number and CCLI license number, listing all of that out. And then you say, but we are seeking permission to use this clip for our online audience and our online audience reach is about, and you list out you know, how many Facebook people uh, you know, watch your online audience and how many people watch on YouTube as well. And then say, we plan on using this clip and are seeking permission to use and understand the cost for use for this clip. So again, let me, let me cover that. I kind of read through the email, so let me, let me cover the bases that you need to cover. Number one, you need to request for teaching and education use. So you need to make the request as a teaching and education use. Number two, you need to list the movie name. 
Number three, you need to list the subject you are teaching on. Number four, the church's name. Number five, the church's city. Number six, a link to the clip and preferred. uh, It's preferred that you do an online public link, something that the studio has already released. Number seven, the length of the clip. How long is the clip? Put that down. Number eight, all of your current licensing that you have. This shows that you are doing due diligence in all your other areas. And number nine, how many people will watch your service? Now, be real about these numbers. Don't exaggerate your numbers. Just use normal average number of unique viewers or how many people watch you on Facebook or YouTube currently. All right, another note, when you prepare the clip to be played, this is when you're going to play it in your auditorium, you want to give credit to the studio and display all of your licenses in the lower left or lower right corner of the screen. You also want to display if you are seeking permission or granted permission. Now, I'll explain why uh, you're trying to put the clip together now before you actually receive permission. I'll get into that in just a second, but I want to make sure that this is all done. So this credit should be done in the lower left or lower right corner of the screen, and it should display for the first 20 or 30 seconds of the clip, the last 20 or 30 seconds as well, or you can leave it up for the entire of the clip. So here's an example. In the lower left corner, very small but eligible, put the copyright. In our example case, it would be copyright 1989 Paramount Pictures, Lucasfilm LTD, LLC. Then you list in the second line your CVL license number, your CCL license number would be the fourth line, and then below that, any other licenses that you may have. And I know these licenses don't translate to online use, but they do show you are doing due diligence and will say to everyone watching in person online that you are paying royalties where applicable. And then the last line of this kind of four-line credit, four or five-line credit, is a line that says seeking permission. This shows you are asking permission and willing to pay those additional royalties as required. So this is what's actually going on your clip. And the reason why I wanted to talk that through and get to the seeking permission part is because I want to hit on the word seeking. So you're putting that on your credit. You're sending an email asking for permission. So what is seeking permission actually mean and what does it actually allow you to do so while it's important that you make the request you need to understand that the reason why you're seeking permission is because you will probably not get an answer from the studio now i've done this hundreds of times i've made a lot of requests over the last 30 years i have only received an answer on a few of those requests and here's why The movie studio wants their products to be promoted, but they also don't want to lock themselves into an answer. They always like to have the ability in the future to either charge you, issue a cease and desist, or deny the request. This means you will be making a request, essentially seeking permission, but you will probably never receive an answer. As long as you have made the request before the use of the clip, it's used for educational purposes and you are not making money off of the material, saturating the market, or changing the intent or meaning of the material, you are good to use the clip in your service. Now I'm going to stop right here, and I'm going to repeat. I am not a lawyer. 
This is advice coming from my experiences. Your situation may vary, and I want to be very specific with you. If you need legal advice, please seek a copyright lawyer. What I'm telling you today is only an opinion, and it should not be considered legally actionable. So, you have asked permission. You feel like you've done everything correctly and aired the clip. Even after all of that, you still need to be prepared to take the clip down or pay for the clip if the movie studio responds to your request. Now, what I said earlier is you're going to seek permission. You're going to put that on your clip. You're going to air the clip. Odds are they're never going to respond, and they're going to be totally fine with you using the clip. But in a few of the cases that I've done where the studio has responded, they've only denied use twice. So they deny use hardly ever. And all the other times they granted permission with the cost of using the clip. So this means you need to prepare your pastor for the fact that the studio may come back at a later date and charge to use the clip. If they deny use, prepare your pastor for the fact that you may have to re-edit their sermon and remove the clip. Now, don't let any of this overwhelm or confuse you. Remember that Digital Great Commission Ministries is here to help you with all of this. Feel free to reach out to us about your questions or your specific situation, and we will be there to help. You can contact us at audiovideolighting.com. That's audiovideolighting.com. Get a hold of us. We'll help you out with any of your issues that you have with copyrights and streaming. Now, for the last point, point number four, how streaming outlets handle copywritten material. While you can seek permission and secure it, the streaming outlets all have different ways of handling copyright material. Now think about it. They are essentially private companies that are allowing you to use their platform to stream. So they have different rules and regulations that they follow by or have to follow by. So for example, YouTube is motivated to flag or mark any of your material that has copyright uh, potential copyright infringement. The reasoning is because they take responsibility of the material inside their platform so they can make sure the owners are making money through their advertising system. Now, Facebook puts the responsibility on you and will allow a lot more items to stream on their network, but they will mute or black out anything that's egregious violations. Like if you take a CD and just play it online, they're going to mute that. If you, play, if you play a movie online, like a good five or six minute clip, they're, they're going to black that out or take it down. So if it's egregious, they're going to take it down. Just keep that in mind. Now, you can notify YouTube and Facebook that you have or are seeking permission, but they don't always respect those notifications. YouTube specifically will not respect a, a seeking permission notification at all. They want uh, proof that uh, permission has been granted before allowing the content on their system. So they will generally block or tag ads to the content first and force you to submit uh, your permission proof second. The best way to make sure you are able to display your services as you intended is to stream them through a private streaming provider on your website. So a couple of companies that do this are StreamMonkey, you can find out about them at streammonkey.com. And another company is called Iconic Media, and you can find out about them at Iconic 
Icon.com. You spell that I-K-O-N-I-K.com. Now, there are many more, but these are just the two that I recommend. And by streaming on your website with a private company, you have full control of the content. While YouTube and Facebook are amazing outlets, they ultimately control who can find your stream or even if they will let it stream at all. I know several churches where YouTube decided to shut down their channel because they disagreed with the church's stances. Many churches to this day are having their outreach limited by YouTube because they only allow people in their city to see the stream. The free outlets are very powerful, but they do come with their drawbacks. Keep that in mind. Creativity and artistic expression is very important when communicating with today's generation. Everything is visual and easy to attain online. Our pastors are seeking new and exciting ways to deliver their messages both in person and online. Keep in mind that Digital Great Commission Ministries believes that we need to do our best to provide pastors with the tools that help facilitate their messages, especially to the online community. After all, the secular world has laid out legal and acceptable paths to use their material. Let's not limit ourselves and take advantage of those outlets. Through teaching and consulting, Digital Great Commission Ministries is doing just that. I hope you check us out at audiovideolighting.com. And don't forget, my class at CFX 2022 will further unpack how we can navigate using copywritten material for our streaming audiences. So sign up today at churchfacilitiesexpo.com. I can't wait to see you there. Well, that's a wrap for episode eight. I can't wait to talk to you on the next Tech Arts Podcast. I'm David Leuschner signing off by wishing you a great day and praying God blesses every moment of your week. See you soon. You have been listening to the Tech Arts Podcast presented by Digital Great Commission Ministries. DGCM is a 501c3 nonprofit that was started to help churches with all things technical. Whether you need help building a team, finding the right gear, or just a better understanding of the church tech world, DGCM is here for you. Find out more about our free on-site visits, reports, and consulting by going to audiovideolighting.com. Digital Great Commission Ministries will help you run your church service like a pro. Find out more at audiovideolighting.com.